Hey, this is Caleb Cole, pastor of Project Church in Sacramento. And man, I am so excited for you to hear this word. I believe God is going to encourage you, strengthen you, and challenge you through it. So get ready to receive from God today. Happy New Year, church, again. This is the 1130 service, so you guys came to the latest service. You must have partied the hardest last night. So y'all really need this word, I think. So I'm kidding. I'm kidding, but so good and so glad that you guys are here. Uh, I'm going to read from Acts chapter 17. This is the birth of the early church. Uh, The book of Acts, it's, it's entitled the Acts of the Apostles or the Disciples. And what's happened is Jesus has resurrected from the dead. He has ascended to the right hand of the Father. We see that at the beginning of the book of Acts. Um, The Holy Spirit descends upon the believers. They begin to speak in other tongues and uh, prophesy. And the gifts of the Spirit begin to be in operation through their lives. And then the apostles are spreading the good news of Jesus, this message that Jesus is the Savior of the world. They're spreading it all around the region. And so I'm going to be reading from Acts chapter 17, where Paul is now preaching in Greece, in the city of Athens. I don't know if you've ever been to Greece. It's a beautiful place. Uh, So he's in the city of Athens in Greece. Paul has had a radical transformation, right? He went from killing Christians to being one of the leaders of Christendom and, and the early church. And so he is now preaching the same gospel that he used to persecute against. And he comes to Athens, and he's in the city center, and he begins to speak to a group of mostly Gentiles um, about how they were living. And he says this in verse 22. So Paul, standing in the midst of the Areopagus, said, I finally got it right, guys. I messed it up in every other service. The Areopagus said, men of Athens... I perceive that in every way you are very religious. Now, a a better translation for that word that's more relevant to us or that we would understand better today would be, I perceive that in every way you are very spiritual. Because we're living in a very spiritual day, aren't we? Like, you know, the people that, that don't believe in Jesus, they're still spiritual. You just get on social media, get on the TikTok, the Instagram, and you see there's a lot of very spiritual people, but they're pursuing things that are not of God. They're pursuing wrong spirits. And so this was these people. He says, I perceive that you are very spiritual. For as I passed along and observed the objects of your worship, I found also an altar with the inscription to the unknown God. What therefore you worship as unknown, this I proclaim to you, the God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man. Our God is not just a God in this building. He's a God in your home. He's a God in your car. He's a God with you at work. Nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. How many know everything you have is because of God? He doesn't need us, but he chooses to use us. 
And he made from one man every nation. This is Adam. He made from one man, Adam, every nation of mankind to live on the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place. What does that mean? Man, God determined your life beforehand. He knew you before you were even knit together in your mother's womb. That they should seek God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. Some of you have been feeling your way towards God all these years, and you finally found him. Yet he is actually not far from each one of us. Can I just remind you, you serve a God that's near. He's close. He's not some far off judgment, sky daddy. No, no, no. He is close. He is near. He is right beside you. Four. In him we live and move and have our being. As even some of your own poets have said, for we are indeed his offspring. So I wanted to share with you today a message entitled 23 and Me. 23 and Me. It is 2023. And I came to this passage, God brought me to this passage this week. And I thought it was appropriate for us today because... What I see in this day, I see in this age, and I see in the church is a very spiritual people. We're spiritual. I think that there's even a lot of believers in this room. We're spiritual. We maybe even believe. We believe in Jesus. But can I tell you what I think is missing in the church? Disciples. You see, there's a difference between being a believer and being a disciple. Even Satan and his demons believe in Jesus. They believe he is who he said he is. They believe he's the son of God. But are they followers, which is what a disciple is? Are they followers of Jesus? No, they're not. And so what I see in the church, I think the issue is, is that we have a church, not our church, but the church in America that has a lot of believers, but not a lot of followers. A lot of believers, but not a lot of real disciples. Will the real ones please stand up? You don't got to stand up. Some of you were about to. And I, I found this study done by uh, Bridgetown Church, their church in Portland, and they're trying to uh, figure out and assess why it seems that there's a lack of disciples in the church today. Here's what they found. The first thing they identified was that the evangelical tradition we came out of had a very narrow range of practices to yield a high level of transformation. So there wasn't a lot of practices that were being presented to the people to yield the transformation necessary to become a fully devoted disciple of Christ. So the church has propitiated this idea that you can just believe and that's enough. Rather than transforming your life to be a disciple to where you look different than you looked when you begin to believe. Because when you believe in Jesus, you look one way. But over the time of believing, you should be transformed to where you look very different. I'm not saying your face looks different. I'm not even saying you dress different. But how you talk looks different. How you live looks different. How you treat people around you looks different. How you interact with the, your coworkers looks different. And then the second thing they found. They said this, the perfect storm of secularism 
Secularism, can I tell you what secularism really is? It's a, a, a religion uh, that's centered on me. Where I am the God. Everything revolves around me. It's all about me. So the purpose of our secularism, the breakdown of the family, the attractional church, let's just get people in here, let's have fun, and, and it's all uh, fun and games, and don't make people uncomfortable. Don't tell them they need to repent or that their lives need to be transformed and changed. They can keep living the same way as long as they believe. And the iPhone, I don't know why they threw that in there, but let's be real, the iPhone is jacking us all up has wiped out the practice of the disciplines of evangelical spirituality. So here's what it is, and here's all I'm going to challenge you with today, 23 and me. I'm going to give you 23 ways to honor God in 2023. I have 23 points for you. Are you ready? And I have six minutes to do it. Um, the countdown is going. Anything is possible with God. Here's the issue. We have believers and not disciples. The reason we don't have disciples is because we're not disciplined. And so what I'm going to, because you know at the root of the word disciple, which the word means follower, but at the root of disciple is the word discipline. You cannot be a disciple of Christ without disciplines implemented into your life. And so what I'm going to give you is 23 disciplines, 23 ways to honor God in 2023. Now, I don't want to give you another list because some of you are like, oh my gosh, here we go. I got to do all this stuff. 23 things, Caleb. Here's what I believe. I believe of these 23, God is going to say, I'm doing those two. I'm doing those five. I'm doing those seven. I don't know, but I believe God is going to deposit some things and challenge you in some ways to where you begin to change parts of your life because you want to be a fully devoted disciple. Not just a believer, but a disciple. And you cannot be a disciple without discipline. And so today I came to challenge you that you would be more disciplined in 2023 than ever before. So what I'm going to give you is really 23 disciplines. But can I say something to you? You can't do this in your own strength. None of us can. And of these 23 things, I have done all of these things at times in my life. At certain times, I've done some of them well. Other times, I've done some of them not well. Sometimes, I've dropped some of them. But I wanted to give you some practical things, because while I believe this is all connected back to the spiritual, Christy said at the beginning, our lives are our song. Our worship is our life, how we live. So I'm going to give you some spiritual things, some mental and emotional things, uh, some physical things, some financial things, uh, all these disciplines that I believe are going to help you to be a greater disciple of Christ in 2023. Here we go. Number one is, I'm going to start with this spiritual. I want you to make it about Jesus, not me. And, and I mean you. Make it about Jesus, not you. Everybody say, it's not about me. If you make these things you do in 2023, these lists, uh, uh, anything you want to change about your life, these resolutions, if you make it about you, I'm telling you, it will never yield the fruit that it can if you make it about Jesus. Because if you make it about Jesus, then he's on it. And he's around it. And when he touches it, he can yield greater fruit with your life. And what's crazy is some of you think, well, this is not about me. I'm not going to be blessed. But what I've found is when I make it about Jesus, I end up getting blessed. Make it about Jesus, not me. Number two, start every day with the Bible. Listen, I know this isn't normal for some of you. It doesn't have to be 30 minutes, an hour. Maybe it's one verse. 
one chapter. I'm going to read the verse of the day, and I'm going to meditate on it for a moment, and then I'm going to go. But I found when I start my day in the Word that everything is different. Number three, start every day with prayer. I know prayer is not something that is easy for all of us. It is a discipline. And it may just start with you wake up in the morning and before you reach for this or before you do anything else, you say, God, thank you that I have breath in my lungs. Thank you that I'm alive. Thank you to have an opportunity to represent you today. Give me the strength to point people to you in your name. Amen. Now let's go. It could be that simple. But are you focusing your mind on God to start your day? I'm telling you, it changes things when you do. Four, start the year with prayer and fasting. Next Sunday, we start 21 days of prayer and fasting. I want to ask you that you would commit to these 21 days, that you would give up something. Maybe it's social media. Maybe it's television. Maybe it's some kind of food. Maybe it's fasting one meal a day. Maybe it's one meal a week. Maybe it's a whole day out of the week. I want to challenge you that you would say, I'm going to commit to consecrating myself to start 2023 there's something powerful about consecration to connect myself deeper with God. So next week we start it together, church. Would you do it with me? Number five, family devotions or prayer daily or weekly. Listen, I'm gonna be honest with you. This is not something Chrissy and I have ever done. And you're like, what? We've never done this with our children even with each other, like we have our own separate prayer times and, and, and being in the word times. But this year we started to pray with the kids before bed. We started doing devotions at the dinner table once a week, just like share a scripture and then talk about what it means and what God's saying to us from it. And I'm telling you, it has, I believe it's had transformative impact on my children already them seeing the importance of God, not just on Sundays, but throughout the week. These are some spiritual ways to honor God. Can I get practical with you? We don't talk about this, but I want to talk about your physical lives. Number six, set some health goals. I don't know what they are, but church, I'm telling you right now, when I am more physically healthy, I am a better disciple of Christ. The Bible says that it is our temple. This is my temple. And I am to honor God with it. And I think that in the church, we don't want to talk about it. We don't want to people, make people uncomfortable. But I need to challenge you that you would set some health goals, some physical health goals, because God wants you at your best. And I found when I'm at my best, I'm at my best in all areas of my life. But it starts often with my physical health. So set some health goals. Work out three to four times a week, number seven. That doesn't mean you have to go to the gym. You could walk. You could do anything. Get yourself moving. Number eight, drink more water. Everybody say agua. Come on, water. We need more water. I know you drink coffee and soda and all that other junk. You need some water in your body. Come on, get water in you. Number nine, eat healthier. Cut back on processed food and sugar. I'm challenging you, church. These physical thing matters. things matter. Number 10, go to bed on time and get out of bed when your alarm goes off. I know y'all be snoozing over and over and over and over, but get up, get yourself moving, go to bed on time, rest matters. Some of you pride yourself, I only sleep three hours a night. That's not good. You need to sleep. So you are at your best. Some of you are like, Caleb, this isn't spiritual. Yes, it is. It's physical, but it's connected. I found it, man, I, I want to be used by God but I want to be used by God till I'm 80. 
85. And if I don't take care of this, I may not get there. Now, if God wants to take me earlier than that, I'm good with that. But I have some, uh, uh, some control in this matter. And so I'm going to do my best to prepare myself for God using me for a long time. This is a marathon, church, not a sprint. Let me talk to you about your finances. Ooh, I know you're ready. Number 11, make a budget and stick to it. And when I say that, because it enables you to give consistently. The reason most of you tip and don't tithe to God is because you have not budgeted properly to where you would even be able to do that. And so all God gets is the leftovers. And often there's not much left. So I want to challenge you that you would say, I'm going to budget so that I can give God his first fruits because I found I've done this since I was literally 12 years old. My parents taught me. I've done it my whole life, and he always has provided for me. Make a budget, stick to it. Begin to tithe. 12, eat at home, more, cook. I know this is crazy. What? I could cook food? Yes, you can, and it saves you money. I'm trying to help you. 13, bring your lunch to work. I love leftovers. Thank you, Lord. It saves money and time. Number 14, put money in retirement monthly. Some of you are going, but shouldn't I give it now? Well, maybe if you invest in your future, you'll have more in the future to give away. That's what I want to do. Let me talk to you about your mental, emotional health. I'm moving quick. Number 15, read a book a month. I read the statistic that the average man never reads a book all the way through after high school. Never. Ladies, I know a lot of you like to read, men. Come on, let's, let's develop these brains of ours. Come on, let's challenge ourselves. Read a book a month. You could do it. A few minutes a day. 16, listen to worship music daily. I start my morning with worship. Can I tell you, my mindset is different. My spirit is different. I can encounter uh, all the things that I encounter, the stresses of life, and I'm already in a better headspace to do it. This is kind of connected to the spiritual too. 17, listen to more podcasts and less music. I know I just said don't listen. To, I just said listen to worship music. But some of us needed to be, begin to develop our brain. We listen to junk food for our ears all day long and wonder why our spirits feel depleted. Mentally, emotionally, we're drained. Man, challenge yourself. Leadership podcast, um, growth podcast, whatever hobby you're into. Number 18, listen to more classical music and jazz. This is crazy. This transformed our home. My kids have a lot of energy. They're crazy. But at night now, my wife puts on classical or jazz music. And the second she does, it's like it just calms them down. And we have some peace in our home. Turn the television off for a season and just let the music fill your home. It's good for you. Number 19, go to therapy, get a mentor. Chrissy says amen to that because I started going to therapy this year for the first time ever. And she's like, who are you? I cried the other day, church. It was crazy. Didn't even know that was possible. I said, what is this? I was like the Grinch. I'm leaking. You know, I, I didn't understand what was happening. 20, spend less time on social media. This is something I'm trying to implement in my life. It has drained me. Comparison has drained me. It's wasted time. And then let me give you three more. Relational. 21, monthly date nights with your spouse. Single people. Do a weekly mean night. 22, monthly date nights with your kids. This is something I'm starting to do, me and Chrissy, with our kids. One-on-one, -on -one, spending time with them. Uh, single people, be social. I know some of you are introverts. Go hang out with some people. 23, join a community group or a course. We have them launching in one month. 23 and me.
I want to close with this. I read to you all the way to verse 28. For in him we live and move and have our being. As even some of your own poets have said, for we are indeed his offspring. Can I tell you, the Bible tells us over and over that you are chosen. You are elected. That God's hand is upon you for a time such as this. God chose you to be his disciples for this time, in this moment, in this city, because he wants to use your life. And I wanted to challenge you that you would discipline yourself, that you would begin to be a fully devoted disciple because the church is too full of believers, but very few disciples. And disciples look different. They act different. They think different. They respond different. But it takes discipline to be a disciple. You cannot do it apart from him, but he wants to use you because your very being is connected to him. And yet so many of us are living our lives according to me. So even the title of this message is the opposite of what I wanted to share to you and share with you, get to you. 23 and me, it's about 2023, me and him. And what he wants to do and can do through me. But can I tell you, we gotta do some things, church. And so I was sent here to challenge you that you would be more disciplined in 2023 than ever before. You would be more committed to being a disciple of Christ in 2023 than ever before. Can I tell you, it's going to hurt. It's going to be uncomfortable. You're going to be challenged. You're going to be stretched. You're going to fall. You're going to fail. You're going to get yourself back up, and you're going to keep going. Being then God's offspring, you're his children. What an encouragement. We ought not to think that the divine being is like gold or silver, I'm in verse 29, or stone, an image formed by the art and imagination of man. The times of ignorance God overlooked. What is that? The times of ignorance were the times before Jesus, before the Messiah had been revealed, before the Gentiles knew who the Savior was, before the Jews even knew who the Savior was. And, and he said the time of, times of ignorance God overlooked. But now, everybody say now. He commands all people everywhere to repent because he has fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man, the man being Jesus, whom he has appointed. And of this, he has given assurance to all by raising him, that man, from the dead. Here's what I want you to hear. Number one, you have assurance. Did you see that? He has given assurance. The assurance, the blessed assurance, is that Jesus is who he said he was. The blessed assurance is that Jesus took your place and that you could never be good enough or perfect enough or disciplined enough to get yourself into heaven. No, Jesus did it for you. So that's the first assurance. But the second part of this is that we could see this and be like, wow, I'm a little worried. I got to repent and He's going to judge us. Here's what I believe. We're going to stand before God one day, and we're either going to hear, well done, good and faithful servant, or depart from me, for I never knew you. Now, thankfully, Jesus did the hard work so that we could stand before him and say, well done, good and faithful servant. But I believe that Jesus, it says, and the Bible tells us, will look at our lives and how we lived and will be judged accordingly. 
And so I wanted to challenge you that in 2023, you would say, you know what? I'm done just skating through as a believer. And I believe like you can still get to heaven skating by because of Jesus. I just really believe that. His grace is sufficient. He covers your weaknesses. But I also believe you're missing out on the greater life if you do not devote yourself fully and discipline yourself fully to being a disciple of Christ. You're missing out on the greater life, the best life. And you know what you're really missing out on? Miracles. I believe that 2023 is going to be and is the most important year in the history of Project Church. And I've never said this. Why do I believe this? Because something is shifting. This first Sunday of February is our 10-year anniversary. There is a shift taking place in our church. And I believe God sent me today to prepare us and to say it's time to call us to a greater level of discipline and a greater level of discipleship so that God can do and release through this church the miracles that he wants and the miracles that he sees. But we know that the miracles are often dependent on us. It's why Jesus went to his hometown and couldn't do any miracles. He's in Nazareth and he can't do any miracles. And he says, there's no faith here. A prophet, even a prophet is without honor in his hometown. He said, I can't cast out demons. I can't do miracles. Why? Because there's no faith. God wants to release miracles, but his church has to be filled with faith. His church has to be filled with disciples. So his church has to be disciplined. So I'm calling us church. I've gone way long. I'm calling us, I'm challenging us, I'm challenging myself. There would be more discipline in 2023, more co committed to discipleship in 2023, more committed to being the hands and feet of Jesus in 2023 than ever before. Why? Because I wanna see miracles. I wanna see God move. I wanna see God release the divine in my life. And in this church, would you bow your heads? Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to the Project Church Podcast. We pray and hope that this message encouraged you, built you up, and gave you life. We want to ask that you would invest right now in what God is doing here in downtown Sacramento. We've just recently moved in to our all-new building in the waterfront, Old Sacramento District. We want to ask you, if you'd like to give, you can go to projectchurch.com forward slash give to invest. Let's see all that God can do through us.